Are you happy in your business? Now, I have had my share of emotional ups and downs in my 20 years of being a solo entrepreneur coach. And the patterns I've seen in myself and in my clients is that those downs are usually when I was personally feeling unfulfilled. Sometimes it was because a launch that flopped and sometimes it was just life and had nothing to do with business. But those ups, oh boy, those are the times when I was feeling my most authentic and completely aligned to my purpose or when I just felt like I was rocking that work-life balance. I would be thinking, I could do this all day long and never feel tired. One of my loves is sharing what works for me and what has been working for my clients to achieve this very feeling, full of passion, happiness, peace, and freedom. So I decided to create a private podcast for coaches. Maybe you just want to develop better communication skills that boosts engagement, leads to better results, and makes you feel like you're actually making a difference in the lives of the people you serve. Then you're invited too. We talk about this and more in the UBU private podcast for coaches. Whether you're a mentor, a parent, or run a client-focused business, coaching skills benefit everyone and anyone who wants to communicate in a way that builds relationships. Fall in love with your life and business again. Click the link in the show notes for your invitation to join us right now. Then come back and enjoy this episode. Hey, Difference Maker. We're starting the second half of this series about the things you need to know about your client's personality so that you can connect with them better through your coaching or teaching or creative services. And so far, we've covered the first five Enneagram types. We've talked about their nature, their nurture, and their acknowledgement languages. And that's how you're able to connect with them on a heart level and an intellectual level and an energy level. And that's the kind of rapport that's going to build the trust that you want to create in your business relationships. Now, if this is the first time you've been hearing about the nine acknowledgement languages, first of all, go check out the other episodes in this series. And second, go check out my book at powercoachgen.com. But if you haven't listened to the first five episodes of this series, I want to encourage you to listen to them because I do reference the other types when I am comparing and contrasting and explaining how your client might actually be a pseudotype. So be sure to check out all the episodes. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Enneagram Type 6, their nature and nurture and acknowledgement languages. So if you have a client that you think might be a type six, or you would like to attract type sixes with your marketing, this is going to be a very helpful episode. Let's get started. It's time to stop comparing yourself to others and plug in to what is uniquely you. Welcome to Unbox Your Personality, the podcast for coaches, creatives, and educators like you who understand that your happiness makes you more effective at what you do, bringing out the best in others. I'm Jim P. Higgins, personality strategist and Enneagram fluff remover. Get laser focused on who you are and who you aren't, so you're free to make the impact you were born to make and have fun doing it. Your personality is your business, so down to business. 
Have you heard that there are more type sixes than any other number on the Enneagram? This is not true. It could be true, but I seriously doubt it. About two years ago, one of my clients sent me an article that had an infographic that said that there were more type sixes than any other number on the Enneagram. And honestly, there's just no real way to collect this kind of data and for it to be accurate. The only real conclusion that you can draw from that article is that of the people who were polled, there were more type sixes. And it may or may not be a random sample. And this is just the people who take Enneagram tests. And it's all self-reported. If you're on this Enneagram journey, sometimes it takes months and months to know for sure which type you are. And this is particularly true for a type six because it's the very nature of their personality to question. And so you have to be careful about self-report type six because just because your client is behaving like a type six, it does not mean that they are actually a type six. And sometimes type sixes will resist being a type six because they don't resonate with the stereotypical label of being an anxious person. And I'll get more into that later on. But because everyone is different, you can't assume that you understand the inner workings of your client. So it's your job as the coach, as the teacher, or the service-based provider to ask them questions so that you can gather more context and understand what their definition of anxiety is. Because if they believe that anxiety is about worrying, no, they're not going to identify with that label. Overthinking, possibly, but not worrying. You want to be able to validate and acknowledge what it is they are thinking about. Sometimes it's just the asking of the questions itself that can make someone else feel validated. And they don't necessarily have to be a type six to feel that way. I know I love it when people ask me clarifying questions. It makes me feel important. It makes me feel valued and like they want to understand me and understand my perspective and understand where I'm coming from. So I always welcome clarifying questions. And so it's going to be the same way for your client. When you ask them questions, it sends this message to them that your thoughts, your opinions, they matter. And if you don't ask those questions, it can make them feel boxed in. Maybe they're making assumptions themselves. And those assumptions will make you feel unheard and misunderstood and vice versa. When we keep having a conversation around assumptions, it can go off base and spiral out of control pretty quickly. And depending on their stress levels or their health levels, this can really drive a wedge in your relationship and repel people from doing business with you again. And we don't want to do that. This is the reason why I love that the Enneagram is the foundation of how I teach the art of asking questions at UBU, because first it allows you to ground yourself so that you are at your healthiest, most present state. And then second, it allows you to guide and empower your clients and students according to their personality and not just projecting your desires, needs, and wants or goals onto them. When you ask questions, you're also sending the message of, I want to get to know you better. I want to understand you better. Or I don't want to waste your time on things that aren't relevant to you. 
How kind is that? That is so thoughtful. But in general, it isn't always the actual understanding of your clients that makes them want to work with you, but the effort that you make to show them that you understand them, or at least trying to understand them as an individual and to be able to see their unique perspective, to give them that safe place so that they can process their thoughts without judgment. Now, if you truly want to help your customers or clients or students solve their problems, empower them to solve their problems, you must learn how to ask the right questions because this is the most critical skill of an extraordinary leader or business owner. And it doesn't matter what field you are in. It doesn't matter if you have the word coach in your title or not. It doesn't matter what you sell. You are in a relationship business because without your business relationships, you do not have a business. And the most important reason why I love using the Enneagram in business is that it allows you to be you and for them to be them. Now, if you don't know for sure which type your client is, don't worry, I got you. I've got a whole list of questions to help you get started with building rapport with your client and helping them make progress and maybe even helping you narrow down what type they might be. But most of all, helping you feel confident in your ability to help them be able to see what it is that they need and help them organize their thoughts and see those blind spots. I'm going to be sharing more about that later on. Now, let's go ahead and start talking about the Enneagram Type 6. Remember, Enneagrams are based off of motivations and not behaviors. And just like I did with the previous episodes, one through five, I'm going to break them down into two categories, the surface motivations and the core motivations. Now, the surface motivations of the type six is to be socially responsible and fair, to be an advocate for others, getting the help or the access to resources that they need or that they deserve. I believe three sixes and nines, they're on the triangle. They're the anchor points of the Enneagram, and they are the chameleons. We've talked about the type threes already, which are the social chameleon. And type sixes, I feel like, are the perspective chameleon, meaning they can be gullible and believe other people's opinions quite easily, especially if they trust in that person's authority. And this is why they are often called the loyalist. But Type sixes can also be the exact opposite and be suspicious and full of doubt if you've given them reason to not trust you. But in an effort to be socially responsible, they may not actually divulge this mistrust to you because they can actually see your perspective. They just may not agree with it. And this can sometimes be seen as duplicitous to others and be received as mixed messages. And this is not intentional. This is just the surface motivation of the type six. They want to be understanding of different opinions and perspectives, not just to be supportive or tolerant per se, but because the more they understand how other people see the world, the more they understand themselves and the more they're able to create plans and systems that help them organize their thoughts and give them peace of mind for a community. So the more community-minded. But these are just the surface motivations of the type six. Because any type can be motivated by being socially responsible, especially social types, right? 
the combination of their core motivations and their stress patterns is what makes the type six different than the other types. And type sixes are hardwired to constantly look for questions that they need to be asking because their core fear is to be unprepared. So what do they do? They go and seek advice from people that they trust. They might use the phrase, I want to pick your brain. They ask questions of the people who might be impacted. That way they can create backup plans. They create backup plan A, backup plan B, all the way to backup plan Z (laughs) for every what-if scenario that's out there. Their core motivation is to have guidance because they want to prevent being blindsided by every worst-case scenario that they may not have thought of yet. So when it comes to being a perspective chameleon, think of it like their thoughts get unorganized. And so they start relying too much on other people's intuition or other people's value systems to formulate their plans instead of really looking at what it is that they want, what they need in meeting their own needs. But here's the myth though. Yes, type six are an anxious type. But most type sixes do not see themselves as anxious. They typically see themselves as preparing. They might see themselves as overthinkers because they overplan. They make all of these plans, but only ended up needing plan A. And it's only after the fact that they recognize that they overthought the situation. But of course, how often do you only need plan A, right? (laughs) So as soon as plan B starts, that reinforces the behavior to overthink next time. They think, well, I sure am glad I was able to see this coming and now I have a backup plan. And so now the overthinking cycle gets reinforced. So if you or your client types themselves based on the myth that, oh, if you're anxious, then you must be a type six, they might be a pseudo six or a nurtured type six. Pseudo or nurture type sixes typically recognize their anxiety much faster than true type sixes. And this is why I had dismissed the results of the survey in the article that my client had sent me. When you look at the nine acknowledgement languages for the type six, particularly their blind spot of thought blindness and future blindness, even though they are thinkers and in the head triad, their thought blindness about the future can create anxiety or the lack of confidence that the uncertainty can create inside of them. And that combination can be really frustrating because they want to be efficient. They don't want to waste time. But how can I be efficient and still support everyone fairly? This is their internal dilemma. And what the nine acknowledgement languages helps you recognize in your client is this and helps you guide them on what questions you should ask and what makes your client feel validated and empowered. So as their coach and mentor, we need to give them that safe place for them to share their many thoughts so that it can help them process the information and lessen any overwhelm to help them develop a better plan, a more efficient, realistic plan or system that keeps them on track and helps them avoid this tendency of their thoughts to spiral out of control. So now let's talk about the nurtured type six. This is when your client behaves like a type six, but isn't actually a type six. 
And maybe they have spiraling thoughts that overwhelm them. I do, (laughs) but I'm not a type six. But there are a couple of reasons for that. So any type that is connected to the type six on the Enneagram symbol, like moi, type seven, will naturally resonate with some of the behaviors that are associated with the type six. I am a type seven and I can have a six wing. And so when I am my six wing, I will ask questions out of curiosity. Now, it could be for problem solving, like for the type six, but usually it's about preparing for an experience, not necessarily preparing for disasters or worst case scenarios. I might be asking questions like, if somebody went to a vacation spot that I'm going to, I might ask, what was it like? What do I need to bring? What do I need to make sure I go see? Whereas a true type six is usually preparing to counteract any kind of threats to their security or safety or the security or safety of other people. A type five with a six wing is going to ask questions to collect data, much like the type six, but not necessarily to support or to advocate for others. Sometimes it's just having the knowledge, like that's the goal, just to know, just in case, and that really helps calm their anxiety. Whereas a true type six usually has a specific goal in mind when they are collecting data. Type nines in a stressful moment might let their thoughts spiral, which often causes them to panic or freeze up. I call it the deer in headlights look because they have frozen up or they're withdrawing or avoiding to prepare for something It's because they're overwhelmed. And for a type three in a secure moment or a type three that is integrating with a type six, they'll start recognizing that they have an overfull plate and possibly start looking for support or looking for collaborations to be able to create a stable system so that they're better prepared for success. But your client might be a nurture type six if they were influenced by another type six in their life or someone with similar behaviors. Or it might be a trauma response to being told that you're not safe, the world is not safe, or you've received the message that there's so much uncertainty in the world and the only peace of mind is to cover all of your bases, even the made-up, far-fetched scenarios. A person with an anxiety disorder might resonate with the patterns of the type 6 or any medical condition that creates anxiety or paranoia. And this is just one example. I'm sure there's other medical conditions out there that might also look like these other types. And I'm just not aware of them, not just for the type six, but for the other episodes too. I just mentioned a few that came up off the top of my head. (laughs) But the main difference is understanding the difference between a true type and a pseudotype is the combination of their core motivations and their default stress and growth patterns, because that is unique to a true type six. Now, when it comes to messaging in your business, there are a lot of type six problems you can solve. So if you want to work with a type six, make sure you tweak the language to reflect their core motivations, like the ultimate community checklist or what to do after an unplanned outage, or how to write a letter to your state representative. This sounds kind of stereotypical, but the best way to check the life of your batteries. (laughs) 
Now, if you have more questions about this or you want specific examples of how to handle your business with a particular client or in your marketing, be sure to join us in the Unbox Your Personality Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. Now, the acknowledgement languages for the type six are going to guide you as a coach to understand what gets their attention, how they process internally, and how they respond externally. And it's what makes them feel like you get them. And when you understand their blind spots and can guide them out of their box, showing them that ladder, the path out of their box, they are going to get themselves unstuck out of that spiral of unproductive overthinking. Otherwise, that is stressful. And I've been saying this whole time that chronic stress is what keeps us stuck in our boxes, in that unproductive overthinking. And it doesn't matter what Enneagram type we are. Being in our box doesn't allow us to grow. And you can help your clients with their stress by helping them sort out the relevant and prioritize what they should be doing first that's going to be the most impactful for everyone that's involved. And that's going to free them up to unbox themselves more and unleash their power. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Unbox Your Personality podcast. To learn more about yourself, go to powercoachgen.com. Find out how you are different so you can make your difference.